for it. It's all for one, and it's one for all. Let's go. The time that we all been waiting on The moment all the naysayers been hating on See they been talking down on us and flexing It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up But not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up Reliant Stadium is where you can find us With the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans I am Young Ari Gold, and as usual, I'm joined by my friends and co-host John Wade, the Garnet Texan, and Brad Grew. And fellas, let's talk about this nine-game win streak. What up, God? We are. I mean, John, look, we can't finish nine and seven, so we know, know that's how. We know that's how. So that's out of the question now. Nine and seven cannot happen, uh, and. Uh, what a crazy, just uh, a good week in general. Good things, lots of good things, lots and lots of good things. Um, I think there are some things that we need to get into regarding just the team. Uh, you know, I wrote an article today about kind of where do we go from here. Um, and it really started to like challenge what I was thinking. I think a lot of us now at this point are content with the fact that we're going to win out the rest of the way. And then given the fact that the Colts were the scariest team and got just smoked by the Jaguars, uh, now it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where we're going to go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run the table the rest of the way. And, and then I started to really think, and we'll get into those thoughts because I mentioned it to you just a little bit earlier, but um, let's go into the game. Uh, but before we do that, John, how are you doing this fine Monday evening? I'm, I'm on Club 9 right now, you know? Nine in a row. Cloud nine. Cloud nine. There you go. Um, I didn't think I'd see something like this in my lifetime. Sure. But how bipolar our season's been. We went from having the longest losing streak to now we have the longest winning streak. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. I, I mean, it really is. It's I think nuts. you. I, I think you have to write. I do. Bill O'Brien. A I do. Of apology. I agree. The uh, the whole kill shot cover art. Yeah. You know, looking back at it, I mean, at that time, it was it was it was worth it. When you were like, but now when you were giving me shit for only being on a level seven of concern, it's because you were level seven for three weeks straight, and it didn't change. That was the frustrating part. It was the first three weeks. Every week it was like, okay, if this happens, and then it would happen. I'd like John to go off and be like, well, not quite. I still have faith. Brad, how are you? I'm good, man. I- I couldn't be happier. Still drinking the Kool-Aid. I know. Yeah. It's just having to get a lot more sugar for that Kool-Aid because it just keeps coming. Getting the cheese, as Bill O'Brien would say. Yeah, getting the cheese, man. Uh, That's his new phrase. Have you guys noticed that he said that at least three times in the last like three press conferences? He's, he says, you can't just get the cheese or drink the Kool-Aid or whatever it would be. Just don't <laughs> get the cheese. I think he just likes to troll the press. And so he just comes oh, out there and does. says more and more ridiculous things each time. <laughs> John McClain asked today in his presser, it was the literally the dumbest. This is what he said. I, I remember now. He said, Bill, this is the first question of the freaking uh, press conference, dude. Bill, you know, 
given the way that the Colts lost to the Jaguars yesterday, what kind of mood do you think they're going to be in on Sunday? On or what kind of mood do you think they're going to have on Sunday? And Bill O'Brien, <laughs> Bill O'Brien says, "Well, I'm not a psychologist, so I I don't really know what mood they're going to be in." <laughs> These guys are awful. I mean, they're awful. They're awful. In they're awful. I think ours are extra special. Oh, God. That's, they're all That's why we do dude. this, though, Brian. That's, that's why, why we do this. <laughs> that is pancakes. That is pancakes. Have you noticed, though, that pancakes, like, asks all the questions? Like, there'll be maybe three other reporters that'll chime in, but, but John gets, like, six or seven off. That's because he's the... Uh, the senior guy. The senior, the lead dog. The, I like Barry Warner. He's, uh... Yeah, well... Because he's got that we're, we're, Texas we're Football Hall of Fame bullcrap, you know, like that's he's not as good he's as he's horrible. Sold yeah, he really is. McLean, yeah, go he's listen. just old. I, I, I bet you McLean back in the day was probably a sleuth, dude. I bet he was a, a badass well, writer I bet you, when it mattered. I bet you he was no different than he is now, which was start, sort of a kiss up, but maybe back then it didn't matter because you didn't hear everything. He controlled what he put out, he controlled what you hear. Heard. True. Now you hear every question that he asks, and he's got to go out there and on the radio and just fill space and on these podcasts and things like that. And I mean, I, I still listen to him, so I'm sure I'm just kind of encouraging it. But dude, especially when we were losing, he was he's just he was bad. He's just bad. I agree with you 100. I don't know where I've said this before. I think pancakes when Kubiak was here. And that Southern gentleman, um, nice guy image that Kubiak had, I think that worked. That that worked really well for John McClain in the way he was because Kubiak was very similar. And I think John had a good – he had a pretty good pulse on what was going on. He was definitely the newsbreaker for anything that was coming out of NRG. Uh, but then when the mass hole showed up, uh, the leak stopped – uh, he didn't give a shit if John McClain kisses ass and basically wants to talk about nothing if he can. And we're never going to know anything. Well, Bill O'Brien would sit there and he would talk about essentially the philosophy behind football all day long. They would ask him questions like that. Yeah, he would talk X's and O's all day long, but they just they put him in a bad mood. Like if that was John McClain's first freaking question for the day. Of course, that's just going to put him bad boom for the rest of it because he's he just like oh crap I'm just going to sit through this for another half hour or another twenty minutes. I think if they if they if I think if they dug deeper and actually did ask those questions yeah. that he'd answer them. I think there's times though where he also doesn't want to dive deep. I think there's times where like like Paul Gallant's asked some questions where it's like Paul that's like actually a fucking amazing question. But if I give you that answer, it's going to no, no, give no. too much info. Bill O'Brien doesn't like to talk about his team. Right. I think he anything else, coaching in he general, talk, he'll do it. He'll I agree. Talk history of the game. But if it's of- team specific, play specific, or personnel right. specific, just know that's never going to get answered. Right. But I mean, if they're the uh, the question from the beginning of the season uh, from his big podcast, or from not his big podcast, from his big interview right prior to the to the start of the season when they were talking about the difference between a game plan offense. A scripted offense, and he just dived into it and how you can win both ways and yeah. the advantages of both, and trying to figure out a way to really make it make it work for the team that you currently have. That is the happiest, most flowing that I have ever heard, Bill O'Brien. And at the time, I think part of us thought it was because he thought this team was just loaded and they were going to roll. 
Now, kind of thinking back, I think that's what really gets him going. Like, he doesn't want to talk about this hypothetical bullshit. Like, what are they feeling? He's like, I don't know. I don't care. He loves to teach. I think that's what it all comes down to. Um, if if he, could, I think he would love to pass on some of his knowledge to the average fan via the media, but our media in Houston's just not built for that. No, it's not. Um, I have to own up to something to both of you. Um, I had an interview scheduled with uh, Jordan Akins today at four, and uh, I accidentally. I'm gonna. I'm gonna own this. I'm gonna own this. I need to own this, John. Don't laugh at me. Um, I fat fingered my phone number. And um, uh, now he won't respond to me at all. So Dude, uh, the interview didn't happen. You stood up, Jordan Atkins. No, 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 Jordan. Jordan. I mean, he probably feels like I did, but he also saw my messages after the fact because on IG it tells you seen, and he saw my messages two, before or one after. minute, one minute after four when we were when he was supposed to call me. So um, yeah, so I ruined that, guys. I just want to. I want to you own had it. it. You had it. I had it. I had it. And uh, if you're listening, sir, we're sorry. We want you back. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, John, you know how I feel about Jordan Akins coming into the season. You knew that. I mean, this was the guy my, that I said yeah, was yeah. going to be the, this is the guy. So uh, dropping the ball on this one really bothered me. I left work early. I, I did a ton of stuff to make sure I bought an app so I could actually do the audio perfectly. And, Aikens was your guy. Thomas was my guy. I, yeah. think we're, I think we're both right. And, but dude. Yeah. I dropped the ball. I yeah. fat fingered it. I, I did 9 gotta, 8 instead of 0 8. You got to send him flowers or something. I, if he would let me, I would. Uh, I mean, I would. I was really looking forward to it. I mean, he has a very interesting story. He does. Have would. you read his story? Yeah. I mean, he was drafted by the Rangers in 2010. Don't get when? too much into it just in case we get him back. We're waiting for you, Jordan. He's never coming back. I, I could tell the way he didn't like he he. I sent him like five messages after, and he saw every single one and never responded. But prior the, the to that, he was responding. Huh? The coldest of cold shoulders. Yeah, there. man. Oh, anyway, so sorry, maybe, listeners. I maybe really tried. instead of an apology, tell him we'll shout out his whatever fundraiser. Or something yeah. So actually, uh, someone at work um, went to UCF and is a big UCF fan. Uh, so I'm wondering if I can get them to leverage the alumni aspect maybe that can get him but who knows anyways sorry listeners i i tried i came through with bill o'brien and then came through with nothing on the players but it it's early i I have a feeling i'll get something so all right let's get into this game fellas uh look nine games in a row i i you know i i would say entering the season this was not the expectation um to start the season 0-3 and, and then rattle off nine wins, uh, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that after we beat – who was it that we beat after the Giants? The uh, well, Who was our first win? Was it the uh, – Was the Colts. the Colts. Thank you, Colts. Right? Yeah, the Colts. So after that win, I didn't expect us to keep rattling off. The Bills, I the didn't Colts expect are, it. Turns out the Colts are pretty good. Except for yesterday. And in defense of the uh, – the 0 3 start, we easily should have gone 2 and 1. Yeah, we should have beat the Patriots. And we should have beat the Titans. Or, we should not have beat the Giants. We did not. Like that, that game out of the should three. Have beat the, based the on Giants, skill like and how talent. We yes. played, we, yeah. Yeah. That, that game was not in reach like the other two. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, 
where do we go from here is kind of where I, I took that article today. And, you know, I started to really think about it and it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And we're doing it with like, and just the ways that in the past, past Texans teams uh, would not have won games. And this, this record of BOB at, at halftime with a lead it's a pretty miraculous stat for all the shit he gets for being conservative in the in at the at the beginning at the beginning of the third quarter and all through the second half he you know we all were giving him shit about it you say you want aggressive coaching style um Brad wants more entertaining football in the second half uh, I want more entertaining football in the second half but can we argue with the recipe of success at this point? No. So I actually dove, I, I dove into this actually a little bit this week um, as I was crunching the stats. And basically with, with five minutes left in the second quarter, the Texans had a 98% win probability, 98% with five minutes in the second. So I'm thinking that they're watching those metrics pretty heavily in the coach's booth and just kind of uh, seeing how the game's progressing and things like that. And they're, that's entering the factor of it. But I think Bill, just knows that once they get to a certain place and once he sees the game plan and once he knows Romeo can scheme against the offenses, that they just trust that they're going to be able to pull it out. Like, I don't think it's just happenstance that he's 31 and one, uh, you know, after in, having a lead at, at, at halftime, I don't think that's happened. Like that's just such a huge outlier that there's no way that that just happens. And so I think they're doing a little bit of scheming for that as well. I think obviously they're making the adjustments on the offensive side of the ball, you know, ground, ground and pound, but, uh, you know, it is impressive. That's very impressive. I mean, when you think about this team and what it's been through and the injuries last season and then the injuries this season and everything else that's gone on, Bob McNair passing, uh, George Bush passing, which, you know, his impact on the Texans can be spoken about as well. I mean, he's he's a Houston native. He's a Houston legend, really. And uh, it's been a weird season. It, it kind of <laughs> – I really hate to say this, but it, it kind of reminds me of the Astros World Series season. Not necessarily in the sense of the record, but in all the things that happened in Houston that year. The tragedy that struck with Hurricane Harvey, the emotional ride of the Houston Astros during that time. And now things are just starting to be too good. Yeah, we. part of me still thinks we got to kind of manage our expectations just a little bit. We've won nine in a row. That's, that's freaking insane. That is just, you don't win nine in a row. This team has won in every fashion possible. They have beat teams that are better than other people believe. They have the past couple of weeks, they've even straight up dominated the other teams without even putting out their best performance. They're continuing to improve, but there's definitely been some highs and some lows. Um, at this point, it's like, I'm just honestly at this point, I'm just here hoping that we get to a point where we get to rest Watson for a game, kind of rest up and get get everybody taken care of and go into the playoffs he- healthy. Like, I still think, we've talked about it before, 
that this team, the top tier talent is is up there with anybody. And if everybody's healthy or if we go in with decent health in the playoffs, we do have a chance to legitimately make some noise. Not just win one playoff game, but we should we we could do something. Let's get in let's let's save the what we can get into for after the discussion of the game because I think I think we're on the same level here. I, I I think we're starting to see a little bit more. I think the potential and what we are starting to witness, I think we're on the same playing field right now as far as our thoughts. So I, I don't want to get into it too much right now because we still haven't talked about the Browns, and I think that discussion might be a lot longer than we think. So let's start with the offense as we always do. Um the offensive line yesterday, um, it wasn't a great game by them, but when you take into consideration what they had to deal with with the amount of zero blitzes, blitzes in general, uh, the line held up pretty well. Uh, I would say I think one of those sacks uh, was against Davenport, that Miles Garrett sack, because Miles Garrett really is a good player, um, just blew by Davenport. That, that, uh, that's going like, to happen. He's a well, fast, like fast. Davenport was expecting help from the running back to get a chip, and the running back just straight whiffed. I believe it was blue. You still can't. Straight, straight whiff. Whether it helps, you think helps there or not, you're a tackler, you should still be, I mean, you shouldn't rely on help. Well, you have to because it's the angle that the pass rusher is taking. No, if I you're, get if that. If you're expecting it, you can't. Oh, he can't make that adjustment. It's just not physically possible for him to make that adjustment. That was more on the running back missing, missing the chip block. Okay. Either way, there are other plays that have important did not have a great day out. Right. Right. Um, but and I don't use that one as as an example. All right. All right. Put the context behind it. But can we? But see, the problem I have with that is like those are things that we think and would make sense. But is that accurate? Like, do we know for a fact that that was Blue's assignment? Yeah. If you watch the play, he just straight up missed. He goes for the chip and misses. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch it again. I don't I don't see why you would fake a chip, especially when you're running and you just miss. Even a chip, though, on Miles Garrett's not – especially Alfred Blues. You, Deshaun's still going to get hit. What he's, what he's trying to do is he's Slow trying to essentially – because Miles Garrett is so much faster than Davenport. He's essentially trying to hit him on the outside and then Davenport hits him on the other side and that just throws him off balance. That's it. It destroys his angle. So it makes it harder for him to get to Deshaun. Not impossible. Deshaun only should need about two and a quarter second to get rid of the ball. That's it. That's all they're trying to get. And Garrett's a beast. I mean, he, he just is. Jared, Miles Jarrett is just a beast. No, he's a beast. Um, but it, back to the offensive line, the, the Browns threw literally everything, but, Including the kitchen sink yesterday at the offensive line, it was it was um, it was kind of intense. I mean, there was a ton of pressure. Um, like I said, a ton of blitzes, uh, a lot of the sacks. I don't remember how many. Brad, do you know offhand how many sacks uh, Deshaun took? Was it three? I, I believe it was three. Brad will Brad will tell me in a second. Um, either way, uh, besides that sack, uh, the the other sacks were again on Deshaun Watson holding the ball or trying to expend, extend the play. And the one thing that Baker Mayfield did not do yesterday that kind of bothered me was he got rid of the ball. Every chance that he – okay, so Deshaun had four sacks total. Okay. Uh, 
Baker Baker made the good decision to get rid of the ball every time that there was pressure and he felt that he was going to get sacked or hit. I don't necessarily I, I, say those were good decisions. But he got rid of the ball. Correct. But at, at the time of whether getting rid of the ball or taking a sack, if the two decisions are get rid of the ball or take a sack, I'd rather well, get rid of the ball. He made a third decision. He was going to arm punt it. Well, and he did do that a couple times. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying we, we've talked about it last week in the sense of this is Deshaun's game. We have to live with it. It's going to be frustrating at times. There's going to be times where we're like, damn it, Deshaun. Like, just for, for God's sake, throw it out of bounds. I know he did it once yesterday, but, like, can can you can you throw it out of bounds, please? There was – yeah, it's, it's just – Like, I know you're a magician. Yeah. I know you're going to dive under people's legs in some crazy manner without your knee touching the ground and come out of a hole of seven people and get a four-yard game for a first down like you did yesterday. I know that. Just pick your games on when you do that. Yes. Like against the Browns when we already had a three-score lead. Right. Maybe not the best time. Right. Uh, but pass, but run protection or, or run blocking, again, monster day. So that was my question to you on Sunday. Watching that offensive line, how – I mean, Lamar. this is not to take anything away from Lamar Miller. I, I, Here I, we go. Here dude, we go. I still owe him bath bombs. Yeah, yeah, you do. But our offensive line is run blocking. Really well. Yeah. It's They've really well. Pretty much given up on doing any power scheme concepts. Right. And it's just all zone reads. All zone reads. And they are. They're nastier, I think. I think that's a bigger part of it. They're just going out there and hitting people. I think that's it. Like when you watch Nick Martin play, like he's just he's just plowing people. Uh, it's funny because it's, you know, last year when we would have like alternates, like when, when Mance would sub in or, or um, not Fulton, uh, Allen would sub in or Suafila would sub in. Uh, things would drop off. This year, uh, as we sub in Mance or we sub in Fulton at tackle, or it's almost like the line just continues, though. You don't see much of a drop-off in production from the offensive line and the run blocking. It's kind of unique because I'm wondering, okay, where did this come from? I mean, did we just change our philosophy altogether on the offensive line? The zone is it's easier to play. It kind of just says, just go. You've just all got to go same direction. Go yeah. get somebody. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did you see anybody pool? Have you seen any power concepts? I know I haven't. No, it's been it's been basically zone for for the last couple of games, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're just they have a revolving door on the line within the game itself, right? Um, they you know we've suffered a few minor injuries, thankfully, and they come back later in the game or they're back the next game. Um, and so I think the zone and why they've gone to that is just, they can't keep the same five people out there, the same five linemen out there for the, for an entire game. And so, Hey, let's just run with the zone. And th- it doesn't matter which position they're playing there. It's going to be basically the same concept. Right. Zone is zone puts more pressure on the running back to make better decisions. There's not a, there's not a scripted way that he's going to go. He's got to watch how, how the line flows, watch where the hole and the gap opens up and make a cut. And go. This is what Arian Foster was absolutely the best in the world at. Yeah, it takes patience. And Lamar, Lamar Miller, though you show right now, he has a crease. He is he's just off. I mean, his vision is just ten times better. I mean, he's hitting holes as if like with this effort that I I I don't want to say effort because I don't think it's fair. I think Lamar's always given effort 
uh, he just looks like a different back. I mean, he just he looks like he's running with a purpose. I think would probably be a, a better use of words. Um, I mean, just throwing this out there, he maybe it's just comfort level. Technically, zone read is harder for a running back to read, but essentially with power, you you follow your blocker. Right. With zone read, he has to make a decision. He could never follow his blockers. He could never follow that when we asked him to. So is it just throwing him into something that he's more comfortable with? And he's making harder decisions, but he's making them quicker and it's almost more natural for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the things they just, once they found that he was succeeding more in zone, they may just said, fine, we're just going to keep running with this until, you know, proven otherwise. He's just, but I think his vision, like you said, it just looks so great. Like you see him doing, like when you see him doing, like, oh, wow, great cutback, you know, and great, you know, great gap shoot and things like that. I, I think it just makes sense that, hey, let's just keep rolling with it. I think maybe they still have, you know, the power run game, you know, schemed in, but they just don't roll with it. If, it, you know, if there's, you know, he runs off a 15 or 20 yard gain twice in the first, you know, first series, you know, it's going to be a good day, I think. Yeah, no, I think I think Lamar. I think the biggest thing with Lamar is um, uh, understanding of the run scheme. Uh, he's also lighter, like that, that. That really is something. Like he's actually the weight that he was when he was in Miami for the first time as a Texan. Um, I th- also think just the fact that uh, I mean, it is his third year. Last year, I can't say that anybody played well. You know, besides DeAndre. Yeah, I mean, the team was not. I mean, it, when you're for when you're when you're losing games the way that they were last year, it's hard to get up every Sunday. Um, this year, there's just a lot to there's a lot to go there's a lot to be excited about when you have a quarterback like Deshaun. Um, when you have a defense like that, that's going to give you the ball, uh, you know, four, four times in one game in good field position. Um, I, there, there, I think there's just accumulation of a lot of things. I think a lot of it also probably has to do with the fact that. I think Bob trusts Lamar Miller. And maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe with Deontay last year coming in and out, maybe Lamar didn't feel like it was his team. Deontay's not there this year. He knows it's not Blue's team. Maybe he says, okay, this is my chance. You know, sometimes it takes a play to a drafting of a player pretty high to motivate another player. We see it across the league every year. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but Whatever it is, it's working. And as long as it stays that way, I don't see this being an issue. Blue's running well, too. We don't talk about him enough. But Blue, I mean, Blue had some really good runs yesterday. I mean, he had a couple 10-yard gains. Uh, so, I, I, and and to get into this, I think I think with the way those two are running right now, I would not expect to see Deontay Foreman the rest of the season. I just don't think you need to. Give him the rest of the the season to get back to normal for next year. All, more time he has, the better he'll be. Well, one of the ideas that I've seen is if Foreman is close. Which supposedly he is. Supposedly he is. If we're able to do, kind of stash him on the active roster like we did with Colvin, and then we have him in the playoffs. And that could be that X factor if he's got anything. Is that really when you want to find out, though? Like is that is that when you want to find out if this player is going to help well, you or at not? At this point, who's our third running back? Well, it could be Kareem Hunt. Well, it's one of those things. If he could, if they think he can be the the big difference from a scheming perspective to beat the top tier teams, I think he'll definitely be on the roster for the playoffs. Well, I think it's more more depth. How I think how, so too. 
how we've been just relying on the run the past couple of weeks. And the reason, and the, and and the fact got, that... We still got four games to go. True, anything can happen. And on top of that, the fact Buddy Howell will not get a carry, because it's obvious, Buddy Howell's not ever going to get a carry. And if we got it clinched, we're going to either, for a week or two, Blue's going to get 30 carries a game? Yeah, probably. Because we're going to need Miller in the playoffs. Blue's probably going to get 30... Blue, unfortunately, I still don't. Even at that point, I don't see Buddy Howell taking carries. We still need Blue for the playoffs. I agree with you 100%. I don't know where. I don't know what we'll do. Who's our third running back? Because Howell hasn't touched the ball. I mean, he's been fine on special teams, but he hasn't touched the ball. He's actually been better than fine on special teams. But yeah. I mean, I'm just. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know, John. I don't know. I think think it's a good question. um, We're going to have to see where things go. Look, if we lose one game, the buy thing is out of the window. We pretty much have to win out if we want to buy. The Patriots have literally the easiest schedule remaining. They have, uh, besides the Steelers, at Heinz Field, which is a different is a, is a hard place to play, uh, they have Miami, the Jets, and I think the Bills. Yep, Miami Jets and Bills, and uh, yeah, so so and and and, uh, Dol- and Dolphins as well. We're going to need depth at running back. I'm, I'm making that prediction now. Yeah, well, you're probably right, but. Then again, I don't know. I mean, we saw what Bill O'Brien did when Lamar went out. Like, Blue literally was the only carry. There was no other carry to a running back. It was just Alfred Blue for 22 carries in that game. And he looked decent. Yeah. So, Blue's a workhorse. I, I, I think he can handle it. I think he can handle it. I like Blue. I like Blue. John hates Blue. Well, John hates our running backs. <laughs> well, the, he just hates all running backs. Yes, I, I hate the entire team. He likes Le'Veon Bell, and that's know. it. If we don't have why. a Le'Veon Bell on our team, he hates running backs. It's just David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and and Mark Ingram. And other than that, there's no other running backs in the league, according to John. Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah, I like Mark Ingram. You don't like Mark Ingram? Well, He's a I ever said anything about Mark Ingram. I was just, I couldn't think of anybody else. I just pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> Definitely not a top five bag. Anyways. Yep. Hate everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, so back to the offense in general. Um, Deshaun had a pretty good game. Uh, he looked good. Those, those. Uh, I'll tell you what, those uh, corner routes that are about 20 to 30 yards down the field where he's just floating them straight into DeAndre's hands are, are becoming a staple of this offense. And he's hitting it as if he's been pat- making the, like he's been throwing that pass for the last fifteen years. And that's where he's been struggling. And was the was the was the touch pass right? And he's just the improvement well, there has been amazing. Uh, last year, yeah, last year his 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 worst areas were nineteen to thirty yards. He, he was just not accurate from nineteen to thirty yards. Anything below, he was fine. Uh, and then anything deep, we all know he was totally fine. Um, but this year. It's like he's made an effort to that in those intermediate routes uh, make the improvements needed, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it every week. Yeah, I think look, it's the second week in a row that we've seen that same exact play. If you look at the uh, the passing chart this year versus last year, Deshaun is actually on a whole other level. It's like, yeah, last year we had more home runs. This year we're winning football games, and he has played better. The numbers may not completely reflect it, but if you just take a Take a look at the charts. Take a look at the throws he has made. He is playing much, much better. He is. No, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, he just looks more comfortable. I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that he's also healthy and uh, back to normal. What did you guys think of the comment? Uh, First of all, what what did you guys think about Bruce Arians calling the game? 
I love Bruce. I do I too. Love him so as well. I'm a I love big as well. Bruce Arians. Fan. He's a no BS type of guy. Like I, I, I love. But he's also just awesome. Like he's a hell of a coach. Like I, I think CBS kind of has him. Kind of got the clamps on him a little bit. Tries to keep him from saying too much. Oh, I'm sure. And you could tell that there was a bit of his personality that just wanted to bust out yeah. when during the uh, the end of that first half when Bill O'Brien didn't call a timeout. I, I thought he was going to walk out of the booth and start yelling at Bill O'Brien. He probably just texted him. <laughs> oh, he might have just went into the into the uh, into like the coach's room. That's probably like right next door. It was like, hey, let me get your headset because this is getting out of hand. Bill knows better. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, we had to start put at some point. We had to put some onus on the quarterback too, right? Like, uh, I I love Deshaun, and I know Bill O'Brien struggled with the timeout. Um, and they both thought, I guess, the other one called a timeout. But the quarterback has to also be fully aware of what's going on there. And uh, I, d- I don't see like a Peyton Manning making that mistake. Um, you know, obviously it's a nitpick, and it's, he's young, and we're you know we're talking about it. So, uh, but it is a big deal that they need to work that out because that that's going to come in to bite them in the butt in the playoffs. I'm, I'm yeah, we still can't have Andy Reid in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I still think he needs to pull a. Uh, a Sean McVay and hire somebody that's entire job is clock management. There's no reason not to. I mean, I'll do it. Who? Yeah, I would too. Bill O'Brien, I obviously under- responsibility. He, he understands the clock when it comes to the entire half. He understands the flow that he has to control the game when we have the lead. I mean, just look at the stat. He doesn't lose when we have the lead after halftime. So that means he understands big picture clock management, but it's the little details. Cause I think he gets into something. He gets into a discussion with somebody. He's coaching somebody up, and it's like, hey, dude, you're still also the head coach. You can't just go run off and not pay attention to the clock. But at the end of the day, like, yes, uh, 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 I, I somewhat agree with you that the we, we need to hold Deshaun accountable. But at the end of the day, like, we're talking about a guy who's just finished his 16 games of the in the NFL. Like, you know, Bill O'Brien's been a head coach now for five years. You know, if you're if you're if you're hoping that the that the second year quarterback is 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 doing that, I feel like you're putting a little too much on him, considering the fact that you don't have a defense to watch. You're you're you have you, you probably don't even talk to the defensive coaching team. Rack does all of that. Yeah. So you don't you don't worry about that side of the ball. All you have is offense and special teams. Your time management should be ten times better than the other coaches who don't have the luxury of a, a Romeo Cornell on their team. So I mean, it kind of goes, uh, it, it kind of goes, you can, there's a counter argument that the fact that they don't have an offense coordinator, but I mean, he's taking that on himself. I, I'm not making an excuse for him not calling a timeout. That's completely on him. Um, but I think that there is just growth there for Deshaun. And I think Deshaun will get it. And, and it's just something they just need to work on as a team, as a, as a whole, you know, because that's the, those little, those little things are what make the Patriots, the Patriots, right? They find those little extra 10, 15 second plays, you know, two or three times a season to pull off the you know miraculous things. You know, Aaron Rodgers is just like that as well. And so I think that's just something to strive for more than a complaint. Yeah, and it's one of those things that I think as Deshaun gets a little bit more experience, it's not going to happen again. He doesn't make the same mistake that many times. So, so true. Oh, and that's just because he's a playmaker. Yeah, no. I mean, like you said, we, we talked about it last week. That's just not going to go away. I think he's just going to get better at eluding people and reading the defenses, so it's not going to happen as much. But he's going to always want to make a play. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I really don't. I don't, I don't think it's ever, ever going to go away. I, I think he'll get better at reading defenses, but I think from a 
from a, I think that's like one of those like mindsets that you just can't get rid of when you're born with that mindset and that, that, that instinct to, to go. It just, I don't think it's something you can shake. Um, can't bottle greatness. It's, it's, it's kind of like, cha- it's kind of like changing the way you tie your shoes. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I tie my shoes the exact same way. I've always tied my shoes. I do not, I don't tie my shoes any differently. And if anybody tried to show me a different way to tie my shoes, guess what? I would probably never tie my shoes that way. I would only tie it my way. It's just a habit thing. Um, all right. Uh, the D passes accuracy was off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true. Accuracy was off. There was two I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, one to DeAndre. No, both to DeAndre. Yeah, both to DeAndre. And, um, yeah, they were off-off, too. It wasn't like a... Same problem they had against the Titans. So yeah. I don't... Is that just timing? Because DeAndre hadn't been running those deep. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, like, that's a fuller route. Yeah. That, that's something that uh, Deshaun knows can, he can make to, to fuller. I think it's just more of a timing chemistry thing with DeAndre because, I mean, I don't, I don't really know who else he's supposed to throw that ball to. I mean, Demarius can, uh, but I think I still think Demarius is getting acclimated. I don't, he's definitely. I, I don't think I, for, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you know, where was he yesterday? Look, this guy's – I mean, it's going to take time, and it's not like he's Randy Moss. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's concerns. I think it's more of just like a chemistry thing, like you were saying. I mean, those balls are typically meant for Will Fuller. Maybe we'll start to see some DeAndre Carter on those passes, um, I'm wondering, because he is extremely fast um, and looked extremely – he looked pretty good filling the kiki roll yesterday uh, when called upon. Um, look. Let's talk about Let's give him some glue for his hands. Oh god, dude. Those those fumbles uh, those fumbles are going to be come the playoffs that's going to be a problem. So, let's just hope that this is like some fluky thing that happened cuz I was not a fan. Um all right, so let's talk about these tight ends cuz I, I know Jordan um god forbid Jordan Akins, my favorite tight end who couldn't be on the show. Um I know he, he screwed he, up too. I know. Shut up, John. Wah, um, wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I believe he only had one catch yesterday. Um, it was a pretty good route. Nice pass by Deshaun. But Jordan Thomas uh, looks looks good again. That guy's a red zone monster, dude. Like, and he's exactly what we thought, right? I mean, that's what we thought from both of them. Honestly, we both thought that those two were going to be red zone monsters. And considering they're rookies. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, I can't wait to see like how these two develop. If, but Jordan if Jordan Thomas continues, made a career and this is all he did his entire yeah, career, he's going to make a lot cons- of money. We'd consider that a successful draft. Pick. Absolutely, yeah. So absolutely. this is his rookie year, and he's already doing things like that. Yeah, he's he's a player. Yeah. Granted, I was halfway expecting him to have to go in there and play right guard. He may have, and he he's a big guy. He probably would have been fine. Yeah. But, he, I don't know if he would have been fine because he's having a hard time blocking as a tight end, but maybe he'd be okay. We'll see. Um, but that, that's definitely the area of improvement for both of them right now is the run, is, is the pass blocking. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing, one area back to Demarius Thomas that uh, he's actually improving in. I don't know if you guys have realized, but uh, I, I think I read the stat and totally forgot to write it down, but I think Lamar Miller is averaging 30 more yards per game since the Demarius Thomas trade. That's accurate. It's because Demarius Thomas can block. Is that accurate? That's that's pretty accurate. Like from the numbers perspective, I don't know the exact number, but it's right about twenty eight to thirty two, something like that. 
it all goes back to exactly what I said. A willing blocker who is a man amongst boys typically out there against corners. There's not a lot of corners that are Demarius' size. And he's a willing blocker that will put forth the effort as if he was running a route. It would be the same. So it's willing and capable. Correct. And uh, you're seeing it now on those on those outside runs. So, I mean, we ran a toss yesterday. I was sitting there watching with John. I was like, John, did they literally just toss the ball to Lamar Miller? I was so excited because I was like, they've never done that. They've never tossed it. And they did, and they got a 10-yard game. I was like, okay, what side was it to? It was to Demarius Thomas' side. That's what he does. And so I know that like a lot of people are thinking Kevin Walter right now, like when you talk about like blocking wide receivers, because that's all Kevin Walter was known for and the occasion like third down in, uh, inside slant grab for a first. But uh, uh, I, I like Demarius Thomas. I think a trade's really working out so far. All right. Uh, what else on the offense? I really think that's about it. Do you guys have anything specific to the offense that we didn't touch on? No mistakes from Ryan Griffin was nice. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck him still. I don't want him on my team. Uh, apparently our shit talking with him just got him. Good. I hope he fucking listens every week. Because your ass is not going to be here next next year. Just know that, oh, Ryan. Yeah, he, he's just not- know, Ryan Griffin, you will not be on this team. You could go for a 1,400 yards and six TDs. Guess what? You're gone. If he did 1,400 yards in four games... He's coming back. That's not <laughs> happening. That's a little eyebrow. I didn't say for four games. I meant for the season. But yes, you're right. In four games, he probably wouldn't be going anywhere. That would be the flukiest fucking stat line of all time. By the way, no, it was, it was, uh, it was right. nice to see. A hundred yard. It was nice to see uh, Carter in the game as well. You know, get, getting some touches. You know, he was targeted five times, I think, um, and had the three catches. Yeah, no, and he made some good catches. Those screens look really good with him. Um, he looks comfortable running the screens. Uh, I still want Kiki back. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say this. I would love to see a formation with Kiki uh, in a slot, in the slot, and DeAndre, DeAndre on the right lined up next to Deshaun just to see what that would look like. Uh, because I, that would be a lot of mismatches on the field right there. And it'd be very interesting, especially if Lamar's on the field. Like if you were in like a two running back set with DeAndre being the other running back, I think it'd be pretty interesting. I don't know if that's something that could happen. Do either of you guys think that Bill O'Brien is somewhat holding off on releasing the Kraken until the playoffs? Do either of you think that there's a there's the last year playbook is here and there's more wrinkles to it? But it's it's kind of locked in like this, like Bob McNair safe, like down on the third floor basement. That that uh, he hasn't reached, he hasn't gotten into yet, and he's I, saving it. I think that he's kind of keeping it on, you know, just cruising speed. You think so? For the past couple of weeks, he's yeah. risk adverse. He always has we been, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's winning. So right now, it's like. Any of our typical complaints about Bill O'Brien, he gets a pass on until he does something stupid because we just won nine straight. And we've seen what happens when he was kind of throttling down a little bit. And Deshaun was went on that stretch of how many games in a row? Four or five games in a row where he, was, he threw for over 300? Yeah. But our record during those games, not so good. No, I think we were two so and three during that time. At this point, we don't have to. We're winning. I think that... If we make the playoffs, there's going to be a situation where 
no matter how good our defense is, we're going to have to kind of see if going back to Deshaun throwing the ball 30 times a game, 40 times a game, if he's matured enough as a passer that he can that he can do it. And I, I think he can. I do too. We just, we're not going to see a lot of route concepts or a lot of concepts because we're just not throwing the ball that much. Right. Yeah, and you have to look at it, the fact that we did, we do only really have one wide receiver that has been in the, you know, and we have two rookie tight ends. Um, that the longer we can wait to uh, show the league what we have, the better chances we have of it working because they'll all have time uh, to get up to speed. I think we definitely know DW4 can make those plays. Um, so if and when we need to make those, I have no doubt that he can dial it up. He can dial up the offense, but I, he's, he's just such a risk-adverse guy. There's no reason to push it. And I think the biggest thing for him is building Deshaun's confidence and just showing him that, hey, if you don't turn the ball over, we can be really successful at this. Obviously, he wants him to get to a 300-yard passing game with no turnovers, and that's the end goal. You know, three three touchdowns, no turnovers, 300 yards passing. But he's like, you just take those baby steps to get there. One, You know, the, he repeats it all the game. One game at a time. You know, you play the opponent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think he's just trying to instill that within Deshaun. And then just in the playoffs, if they're going to have to drop 50 on someone, I think they can. Um, and again, I'll, it's just, I think they have the ability to do it. They've shown that they can whenever he was a rookie, you know, so. And if you've noticed the past couple of weeks, they're mixing in a play here or there that that works and then they kind of go away from it so it's almost like they're using games themselves especially when they have a, a multiple score lead to kind of practice which Fair. is no I, I i just was wondering like if you think about it like do we need that kind of offense to win in the playoffs and when we could save that for when we get to the conversation but i'm just wondering like based on what we've seen and what we saw Thursday night from the Saints-Cowboys game, do you really need to combat that type of offense with that type of offense? Or if we play the Chiefs, can you suffocate? See, I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore about the Chiefs. And like I said, we can get into that more. But I, I think I think Kareem Hunt's a much bigger deal than, than people think because he was used in the passing game quite often as well. I think he has more ru- receiving touchdowns than he does yeah, rushing I actually, touchdowns. I, I don't disagree with you that the uh, Chiefs offense isn't quite what it was two weeks ago, but their defense is still dog shit. Oh, yeah, but they also we, – we've seen what high-end safety play can do for a team, and they have taken their time with Eric Berry, who's maybe the second, third best safety in the league insert him in and all of a sudden people know where to line up. People know their responsibilities a little bit better Add him with Ron Parker. That secondary looks a little bit better. People are lining up a little bit faster. People kind of know where things are going. I mean, we've seen it this year with Tyron Matthew. I know, I don't know what your thoughts are on Eric Berry. I think Eric Berry behind Earl Thomas is the second best safety in the league. I think a healthy Eric Berry. Yeah, no, no doubt. Healthy. But he's gone. It's been over a year. Yeah. And now he's going to have to get some live game reps. And if we if we see something from him towards the end of the year, it'll be something to be concerned about. But at, as of right now, if you look at the Chiefs defense, they're not stopping anybody. No, agree. So whomever they end up playing, even if the defense comes out and plays out just because of the nature of the type of the game that it will be, there will be a lot of passing. Agree. I agree 100%. No way How crazy that. is it that we just ended week 13 and we're talking about playoffs? Anyways, uh, all right. D 
defense, look, um, when he was drafted in the second round last year, we both had man crushes. I mean, we both did. We were both stoked. We couldn't believe it. We knew for a fact that this guy was going to be the type of linebacker we needed for to pair next to BMAC. We could have subtitled the, uh, the Watson cast, uh, the Cunningham cast. During the whole offseason. Yeah. We, we definitely could have. Those and, were the two players we talked about the most. Yeah. And that, I mean, he channeled his inner DeAndre Hopkins yesterday in that interception. And if you watch that play, the way he baited, he baited Baker Mayfield into that throw like a fucking quarterback. Um, Zach Cunningham is just an absolute monster. I mean, he's a monster, dude. I'm so, it's so fun to watch what we expected coming into the season for our linebacker play to be our strongest suit. And it's not right now. It's our safety. But to know that they're starting to reach that potential again, and then you're adding back Dylan Cole, and then it's like, okay, now you got three guys that can alternate. They, I mean, all of them can be three-down linebackers. You prefer to not have McKinney out there on third down, but he can in a pinch if you need him to. Um, uh, that dude's just a monster, and that return itself was just a freak freaking return. I mean, that's not that something. An, that was an athletic yeah, that was an athletic play. Like, there's nothing – like, a lot of linebackers aren't making that play. Like, got, Luke Kuechly is not making that play. He almost got tackled by Mac Until he knocked him down. <laughs> Until he knocked him down. <laughs> and that run back was just something else. I think that – yeah, uh, McKinney – McKinney and our safeties right now. And Cunningham, dude. It's turning the, out, dude. The, the middle of our defense, we've, we've got a, a – I mean, our defense right now is scary. I still – like We see still, some more pass rush. Last two games, it's kind of been, nah. I don't just mean your boy. I just mean in general. We um, – when Duke at four gets back healthy, I think that – I'm waiting help. for that. That that rotation. Well, it's just that rotation. I know. Um, Watt and Clowney do a lot, even when they're not creating pressure. A couple – one of those interceptions – uh, Clowney definitely should have gotten credit for. And the other one should have been Merck. And Merck should have gotten the other one. And there was a couple times where Cleveland was essentially cre- uh, just doing penalties because they knew something bad would happen if they didn't. Uh. Um, but, yeah, I, there's really – we've got to start a defensive player, or a defensive rookie of the year campaign for Eric, uh, for, for Reed. He's, just, he's not going to get it. He's not, but he's, he's not. just he, – we. He deserves He's it. Got to push that conversation. He, he deserves it. Justin Did, Reed needs more national recognition. Nineteen sixty-one is the only time a third-round rookie has won defensive rookie of the year. And I believe it. There's a reason they usually yeah. Fall they're all third. first round. Yeah. yeah. But but should he? Absolutely. He needs to at least be in that conversation. I agree. And a lot of people are still even about even like the draft analysts, the people that missed on him aren't admitting that they missed. Um, he should have been a first round. He should have been a first round safety. Yeah, him I and Derwin James are the only two safeties. You didn't have to be a draft uh, expert to see when we made that pick. That was a steal of a pick. Absolutely, it was the steal of the draft. I'm telling you that that should be our goal. At least get him in the conversation. I agree. No, I agree. Justin Reed's. I mean that 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 hustle play where he had to come back and uh, where he had to run down. Antonio Callaway and just for that forced fumble. 
Dude. That's not just a play like that's not rookies a play you roll your eyes play. at. That's the thing. Rookies don't make that play. That's a veteran move. That's somebody who knows this guy has no idea I'm coming from behind him and I'm going to be able to punch out that ball. Reed made that play. It's a hustle effort play. You cannot coach those two things. Hustle and effort are two things you can't coach. They either have it or they don't. He, and he has it. He also had an amazing play on the sideline when he knocked the ball out of Landry's hands and like, you know, 25 yard out route. And he just showed up out of nowhere. Like he literally just came from center field and knocked the living crap out of him and knocked it loose. And like he's just making those hustle plays that are s- such big differences. He had a couple of really great tackles um, for plays that could have gone 20 or 30 yards if he wouldn't have made the stop at seven or eight yards. You know, just the way he moves, the way what is really exciting for me is watching Romeo do his magic with these really athletic and and tackling, you know, um, you know, back seven on the defense between the linebackers and the safeties and the DBs. It's like he's the way he's scheming. And it, it sucks not having that pass rush. But if you watch what Romeo is doing with the defense, it's kind of in, enjoyable to watch. Um, it's not as flashy as the sacks, but whenever plays are made like that, um, it just makes it all worthwhile uh, for me. So. And here's 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 the thing. It's not as flashy as the sacks, but it but it's not we don't have to be reliant on the sacks. Right. We don't have to have JJ or Clowney make a play. Our back end can make a play. Right. And And those two that, just go together. Right. It just it's balance. You don't have that sort of balance in this league. And it's hard to scheme against it, right? You don't know who to scheme for. And they're just getting better every week. They're getting better. They're just gelling. Like I, it's not something I've even when our we've had our top defenses. While this defense isn't up there statistically, I would take this defense against any of those teams. Two thousand twelve, even two thousand twelve. I agree, hundred percent. And I think it's more of a complete defense instead right. of relying on one side. And it's just and it's still growing every right. week. They get better. Right. Every week, somebody else steps up, and just. Matthew gets better every week. He's getting more comfortable out there. Of course, Justin Reed. At this point, I'm like, bring Gronk back on. Week one would not look the same as it did this. I agree. At this point, I agree. And whatever, I don't know. We have no influence on this, but Reed and Matthew need to play together for a very long time. They complement each other so well. They do. You know, I'm starting to wonder if Cream's the get odd man out. I think he might be. I think he might be as well. And I. As much as I love them. When you have two safeties that are back there that can cover like cornerbacks and tackle like linebackers. Plus Andre Hall, who's also like quietly putting together a very good season considering the fact that he just got done beating cancer. Just as a rotational safety. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, this is the take nothing away from from Kareem. What Kareem has done this year is just amazing. He He balled out and there was a good stretch where he was the best defensive player on our team. Yeah. But... We know his up and ups and downs. Yeah. And granted, he has just quieted down a little bit since he's been moved back to corner full time. He's a hell of a safety, but that might be it. Might be right, because I think with Matthew with Matthew and Reed together, that's something that could possibly be transcendent. I agree. No, I agree hundred percent. I think uh whew, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very interesting offseason for sure, because we're we're gonna have a lot of money. And if we cannot pay Kareem and pay Clowney and Matthew, I'm starting to wonder at this point if Reader's actually going to be kept as well. Uh, Brandon Dunn's starting to outsnap him on defense. 
Um, I don't know. There's, we'll have the off season to get into that. Um, but yeah, it, it's very, it, it's going to, it's building up to be a very interesting off season. Um, but all right, let's get to special teams. Cause I mean, that, that's pretty much all of the defense. Like those guys are the defense in this game. Uh, so we, we, we definitely have the best kicker in the league. Uh, I don't, you, you put statistically, we, we do have the best kicker in the league. And it's funny how you can see uh, when the holds are right, how much better he is. Uh, there was still one bad hold yesterday. Uh, I've made it a point now to be the first thing I watch for. Uh, and, I mean, he's leading the league in scoring. He seems to be, like, cold as ice when he kicks. I know he's missed a couple, but I swear to God, if you actually watch the film, you'll see that the snaps or the holds are really, really bad. Um, he's, he, I mean, he's solid, dude. He, I'm so glad that we IR'd him that one year because, uh, the, I mean, we, we have a kicker for a very long time. I mean, a, a kicker's game is all built on mental, so it can change at any given time. We, we saw it with Blair Walsh when he missed that kick in Seattle. After that, his, his life ended pretty much. It can happen at the drop of a dime, but right now, yeah, we, I mean, we have the best kicker in the league. And then DeAndre Carter, it was the right move. I mean, he has fumbleitis, or does he? I don't know. Is a fluke? We'll find out again. Uh, but from a return, but being the returner, he's, I mean, he's, Dude, made, he's got some juice. No, he's got some freaking juice. He, he's got juice. Yeah. The Bill O'Brien made the right decision. If he can hold on to that ball, he's, he's an absolute weapon. I agree. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, they, they that, that run that, that was called back, that run back that was called back, that was uh, just a tremendous run all around. I, I rewatched it three or four times. Um, you know, it's just yeah. so, so it's like, holy crap, we haven't seen that in a few years. Yeah. He, yeah, since Trinidad Holiday, um, we haven't seen that. Um, I, uh, I hate DJ Swanger. Um, anyways, you hate DJ I do. Just I just watched him try to swat at a ball barely. Uh, that just pissed me off. Lack of effort. Anyways, um, yeah. So I mean, special teams is great. Daniels is a is a good punter. Um, he's he's getting starting to get the hang of it. He's got to get the holds better though. I'm telling you right now. I don't want to have the podcast where I tell you guys when we're in Foxborough and and Fairbairn misses a kick because of a bad hold and we don't go to the Super Bowl or we don't go to the AFC Championship because of a hold, I don't want to have that podcast. I we don't. May just, we may just take the week off. We we may just take the week <laughs> off because I'm going to explode. If you guys thought Kill Shot was bad. Um, so You'll have 15 minutes of, of James just yelling into the mic. And no, no, be, no. That'll be your show for the week. No, we're going to pack up Brad's filming equipment and we're going to drive down to Houston and we're going to hunt him down. We're going to find him. And that's going to be it. It's going to be called Adventures of Brad and James. And we're just going to be driving around in my Focus ST. And uh, we're just going to cruise until we find them. And if we don't find them, then we'll just have a drink and, and a burger. Good news is. And what are you going to do when you find them? Are you just going to sit there and go, this is how you hold the ball? His name's yes, yes, yes. No, we're going to go take snaps immediately. <laughs> I'm going to hit up my buddy John Weeks. And I'm going to be like, hey, dude, we got, I know, I know it just happened yesterday. <laughs> But we're meet us at Cy Ridge because we're about to do about a hundred snaps for for every five minutes. Um, yeah, no, uh, he's just got to get better. I don't want to have that. I don't. I don't. That's my, my question for you. Is if this. he struggles for the rest of the year, do you sing us bringing back the old man? 
No, not the old man. Uh, you know, honestly, that's a good question. I, could I see us, if he continues to struggle, us bringing back Shane specifically for holds? Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe. I'll say this, though. I don't know if it'll be Shane. Um, I know Shane lives in Clear Lake. I know he's a Houston boy. But they ended on very fucking yeah, he's bad a little terms. salty. He's a little salty, but at the same time, he they called him. If they called him up and they're like, hey, we need you to come hold the ball in the AFC Championship, he'll be like, all right, I'm there. Yeah, I mean, there's he, no doubt. Yeah, the reason he's salty about it is he's a competitor and he wanted to keep playing. Yeah, which is. And he'd never been cut. Ever. Played for 20 years and he's never yeah. had that disappointment. He was drafted in the first round. Like, and, yeah. <laughs> like, and, um, him, and him and Bill O'Brien are best friends. They've probably got a beer and he probably skipped. Skipped his drink that night. Like, I, you know, saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if that conversation's already potentially happened. Yeah. Um, when they went down for happy hour, Trevor's, or you know that, uh, you know that he's like, hey, hey Bill, Bill, you know, I, I got it. Trevor messes up again. I yeah, I know Bill, when he went to Applebee's uh, with Shane to have uh, uh, his $2 beers and his, and his uh, happy hour Jalapeno uh, poppers. wings for $3. Jalapeno poppers. Bill comes off as an Applebee's guy to me. I could be totally wrong, but I think he's an Applebee's guy. All right, look, great week, nine wins, incredible, 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 incredible. This team is a contender, John. This team is a contender. This is a team that can make a run, and I don't just mean to the AFC Championship. This is a team that can actually compete in the postseason. This is a team that has the defense that isn't yet clicking that can suffocate teams. If you remember correctly against the New England Patriots when we had Brock Osweiler at quarterback, we made Brady have his worst statistical playoff game performance in his career in Foxborough. This defense is better than that defense. And when you give Rack... The ability, especially, I think just in New England in general, I think Rack knows. Rack knows what to do. He knows how to get to Tom. He knows how to rattle Tom. He knows how to disguise things and make things hard on Tom. I think this team can, if the offense continues to evolve, I think we can actually be a Super Bowl contender this year. Finally. I finally think that. This team's full of winners. That's the way I look at it. And I, I if you look at the difference between what's I, I felt this way about the Astros, and it's just something about it. And you, we've touched on it, and like their attitude and like the defense just seems like a family, and they're just in it and they're just loving it and they're just doing it for each other. And it's just something it's an it's a swagger and you know, an air of greatness about them that's just not uh that's just it, it's just contagious, I think, within that clubhouse. And I, I really do. With that defense yeah. is good enough. And Deshaun, nothing rattles him. We have a kicker that's got ice in his veins. You know, I I, I would put up on against anyone. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that that's uh, pretty spot on for what this team is. But I'll take it a step further. John, I think this is the New York Giants uh, team. This is this this just to me, it's it's a very similar story. It's a very similar team and the sense of defense. I'm not sure my heart is ready to commit to I know, I know. I know I already knew that. No, it's not 
this is not logically. This is all just emotionally. Once I start thinking that this team is a Super Bowl team. Wait, what's not logically? Your emotions right now? This is your emotions speaking. Right. Okay. Is what's keeping me a little held back. Sure. Because once I really, truly embrace it, and y'all are right, all the signs are there. At this point, I honestly want to play the Chiefs. I want to see Rack. I do too. I want to see Rack absolutely fuck with my hopes. I do too. Because he loves the I don't want to play Phillip Rivers. Yeah, no. I don't want to play the Chargers. That's the one team I don't want to face either. I don't want to play the Chargers. But yeah, and just Rack, how he has just this ability to mess with uh, first year starting quarterbacks. Sure. I want to see him fuck with my hopes. And he will. I do. So, especially now that they don't have a run game, yeah, their their receivers still scare me because they they they're fast, fast as fuck, and we have and, this, we have some slow corners. And Kelsey's a beast. And no, I, I know I know that we can contain him. I'm I just saying I, it's he doesn't scare me as much as he used to. I I still think that they go as far as Kelsey carries them on offense. I think if you stop Kelsey, I think the rest of that offense completely. Well, statistically, down. he is carrying them right now. Like, but like by pretty much every offensive yeah, he, metric. He does, but they do have that crutch where you know how T.Y. Ty, Hilton has been a thorn in our side for a very long time. Tyreek's a better version of that. He's a way better version of that. Yeah. So I think I, still, I think he, Rat could scheme him out, though. Oh, I think he could just mess with Mahomes enough that it negates him, or it's just constant check downs to Kelsey. Go to Kelsey, go to Kelsey, go to Kelsey. And he's going to get destroyed because Kelsey gets concussions and, he and hurt. Gets, he always, yeah, gets, he always hurt. gets hurt. Gets you hurt. come across the BMAC or Zach. So I'm not – I they, they scare me. Don't get me wrong. They absolutely do scare me. But it's that kind of like I want to see that. I do too. I'm afraid that if we played the Patriots, that's going to end with me sitting in a corner crying with Bill O'Brien doing Bill O'Brien things against the Patriots. <sighs> And I'm afraid the Chargers would blow us out of the water. I'm afraid. I, I think the Chargers are a team that I think they're very much like us in the sense of how they're constructed. Um, they just have a better. They have a younger running back who's very, very good in Melvin Gordon. Um, they're all of their wide receivers are extremely fast, and their defense is just now starting to get to where it's supposed to be. Bosa has only played, I think, three two games. Um, Derwin James is I think Derwin James probably should be rookie of the year he won't be um, it'll probably be Bradley Chubb um, yeah the Chargers scare me Phillip yeah. Rivers scares me in general but I don't want to play Phillip Rivers it's not even necessarily the Chargers right. I have this very high respect for Phillip Rivers I think he's I think him and Breeze are in the same exact category in my opinion if I had to choose, if I had to choose a quarterback, it'd be very hard. If it was only Breeze or Phillip that I had to choose from, I'd probably go with Rivers because he's a risk taker more than Breeze would be. You no, know, if Rivers could only throw that ball properly, what does it matter? He still completes it. His <laughs> his throwing motion really doesn't matter if he's yes, made it this far. No, he, and obviously or, his wife isn't complaining about his throwing motion because she just got pregnant for the ninth time. So you know, I'm I'm just talking shit. And it's, the Chargers, talent-wise and just even scheme-wise, we do match up fairly well against them. Sure. But this is all emotional. Like, I agree. This is just how I feel emotionally. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And we're, we've actually – here's the point we've reached. I cannot give logical expectations for the rest of the season. 
Well, we're about to. So that brings me to my next topic, and you're going to have to. I want to go game by game for the rest of the season and talk about those matchups and our thoughts on, on us winning or not winning. Next week is the Colts. Next week we play the Colts. I think we win that game. John? We should win that game. No. We're not You're doing We're not doing it. Should win or we're either going to win or we're not going to win. The shoulds are out of this. This isn't a prediction. This is just your thought. We either we're win losing, or we we're don't. We're going to lose the game before the playoffs. I agree. I already know what game that is. But we're, we're going to beat the Colts. I agree. I Brad. say we beat the Colts as well. Okay. Then we go to – I don't like this. Well, just wait. It gets worse. It gets then, worse. Then, then we go to New York on a Saturday. I'm not worried about the Jets. It'll probably be McCown. I think Darnold is the bust of the quarterbacks. I told everybody that before the draft. I don't like Darnold. I think we beat the Jets. John. Are you really pausing? Are you really pausing that long? No. (laughs) The Jets. Yeah. Well, the Jets should be the obvious team that we just wiped the floor with. Right, so you can see us losing that game. Yeah. So that's, that the the way, that's the Man, way. Man, you have battered fan sure, sure. syndrome, my made. friend. You need to seek help. No, dude, I I have watching too much NFL syndrome right now. I mean, we've literally any given I mean, Sunday. We I just mean, watched you know, the Saints lose to the Cowboys. I know, and can't keep pausing this long. No, I'm trying to think podcast. of the, the game. The uh, Giants just beat the uh, the Bears. Yes, that Bears should, are not very good. I know they're a good defense, but I don't think they're a good team. That, That's but just me. Still, the Giants should not have won. I agree. There's the Cowboys. They have a an ascendant defense. They still shouldn't have beat the Saints. I agree. I think that was a fluke. That's just me. Exactly. Though. I think the, the I way, think the, the Saints the NFL, just had a bad day. The way the NFL is set up. Do you think the Cowboys defense is better than ours? No, I don't no. either. No, Brad, do you? They just have really talented I, I think linebackers. Just, that uh, now I will say their linebackers are really freaking good. Van, they they hit the nail on the head with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, who I wish we would have taken I when he was Jaylen there. Smith. He would have been perfect for this team. I mean, him, Cunningham, and BMAC would be crazy intense, but it is what it is. It's fine. And he was there in the second round, but whatever. Anyways. Well, he also had drop. I know, I, mean, I know, you, I know. You can't I know, blame I know. him, but. All right. So do we beat the Jets, yes or no? Yeah, we're going to beat them. Okay, we're going to beat the Jets. Brad, are we going to beat yes. the Jets? Yes, resounding yes. I agree. I agree we beat the Jets. Okay, now this is the game that worries me, and I'm going to give you guys my mindset on this. I was thinking today when I was writing, and for some reason this started to formulate in my head, so then I started to dig down a rabbit hole, and I started to notice some things. Uh, our game against the Eagles, who just won tonight, they just beat the Redskins, and they beat them pretty handily. They are one game as of tonight behind the Dallas Cowboys for the NFC East division. They have yet to play the Cowboys this season. They have two games left against the Cowboys. One next week, and then one the final game of the season. In between that final game and the first game, they play us. This Eagles team is not as bad as people think. I think there's a lot of new different. Pl- there's a lot of new players on this team. There's been some injuries they've had to overcome. 
Golden Tate hasn't gotten acclimated to the offense yet, very similar to um, Demarius Thomas. Their run game is a just a turnstile, different running backs. They even consider bringing in Kareem Hunt. With that being said, the Eagles are not out of the division race, which means that they would, if they won the division, obviously make the playoffs. I am scared of the Eagles. The Eagles scare me. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're going to have a lot more to play for than we will likely on that day. I think we lose to the Eagles. That's the game I think we lose. I think I'm, I think they're a better team than I'm actually think. right there with you. We're already we're gonna have clinched. Right. And so we're gonna be playing for a bye. Maybe. And at that point we're just we're not gonna we're we're gonna be more concerned about not getting hurt. Right. So yeah. I the uh, Eagles I don't, is, I don't even know if it's that. Uh, even if Bill O'Brien plays the starters and, and, and plays the way that I think this is, a, I just think that they're going to, they're going to be, I mean, they have nothing, they have everything to lose if they lose this game. I think they'll leave it all on the field. And I think they know that their final game in Dallas is going to be for the division. If they win that game, I just think it's a lot of emotion to come over to, for us to overcome. And I think that they are, I, I just really like the Eagles. I think they're a good player. I think Carson Wentz is just now getting healthy. I think it took him a little bit longer than Deshaun. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on the Eagles? So, uh, whenever we made our predictions, like I think it was the bye week cast, you know, this was the one game I said we would probably lose. It's just Philadelphia is a really tough place to play to begin with, um, especially in the winter. Um, we don't know what the weather's going to be like or any, you know, but it is one of those things. They are going to be playing for their lives. Um, you know, the NFC East is a, there's a lot of vitriol in that, in that division. So they never want to not win that division. Um, and it's not like saying, you know, the AFC South, we obviously want to win it every year, but it's just the hatred's not, doesn't, it's not decades in the making. Right. Um, you know, I, I just think it's just one of the, it's not a trap game. They're a really good team. They have great skill position players. Um, you know, I, it's one of those games. I just think it's Philadelphia in December in a playoff race, it's just not easy. Um, you know, the Super Bowl champions, um, you know, we, we were just literally just talking about any given Sunday when we were talking about the Jets, you know, and if, if the Jets could do it any given Sunday, the Eagles certainly could. Um, so I, I, I'm right there with you guys. All right. Then we go to Jacksonville. I don't care if it's Blake Bortles. I don't care if it's Cody Kessler. I don't care if Joe Theismann walks out on that field. The Jags aren't beating us in the final game. Thoughts? They might because we won't care. It depends on where we're, we're at. Clinched. It, we're it, we're, it, we're it, getting ready for the playoffs. That's for us. That's a sleep game. It depends on where we're at. If that last week is for a bye, actually, you know what? I think Savage playing or not Savage. Uh, oh, I yeah. wish you just made me really happy. <laughs> If yeah, anybody gonna, doesn't know, I love bring, me some Tommy Savage. We're going to bring Tommy back. Just one true QB. I God, I wish. I love Tom Savage. We're going to bring uh, – we're going to bring yeah. – Brandon Whedon. I get it. No, Whedon's going to come in. He's going to – and he's going to beat He's going to beat the Jacks. I agree. How's no, that? I agree 100%. How's that for a, a hot take? Okay, <laughs> you're a modern-day Skip Bayless. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> All right, Brad, your thoughts. You know, I, I love Savage. He's just a total gym rat, right? Let's get the skip Bayless things in. Um, yeah, the, no way we lose the Jags. Our running game's too good. Uh, we'll we'll run the ball forty times if we have to um, to slow the game down if we're not starting Deshaun. So um, I don't see that there's any way we'll lose the Jags, even if even if we're taking the week off. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case and everything happens that we say happens, it's twelve and four. Likely not a buy, as the Chiefs would have to lose two games, which they could. They have a very tough schedule ahead of them. They play the Chargers, uh, and the char- every Chargers game is a road game. So, and they've grown accustomed to that. They know that now, um, and so they play just as well on the road as they do at home. In quotations, um, on the practice field. On the practice field in the bubble. Um, I think the bubble seats more than that. Probably so. Probably so. I think it's, yeah, I think they only had like 24,000 people at their last game. Uh, They play the, they play the Chargers and let me double check who else they play. Ravens, Seahawks, and Ravens Ravens. this week. They play the Seahawks in Seattle. Oh, we could get a bye at 12 and four. Seattle's playing good football right now. Seattle's playing really good football. Bobby Wagner just scored me 34 Talk about points a in my tough, fantasy league. Tough place to play as well. And a tough place to play as well. I could see them potentially losing to either the Ravens and the Chargers or the Chargers and the Seahawks. The problem with the Ravens winning is the fact that the Ravens are playing in Kansas City. Um, and the Ravens are not a good football team. On top of that, the fact that they are running Lamar Jackson straight into the ground as it was RG3 all over again. Uh, I don't know what they'll be able to do on offense, and they're going to have to score some offense because that their offense is going to put up points against that defense no matter how good the Ravens' defense is. Um, but if they lose to the Chargers and Seahawks, they're 12-4 and four as well. We get the number two seed uh, based on strength of schedule at that point. Uh, because they actually haven't played anybody either, and we get a first round bye. It's going to be nice, man. That's that's my expectation. I expect the Chiefs to lose to the Chargers and one other team, and we get a first round bye, and we finish the season twelve and four, and we host either the Chargers, unfortunately, or Chiefs, or Ravens, or Steelers. Sounds about right to me. That's that's basically where you know at the, about the buy. I was like twelve to four. That's yeah. logic, and that's not emotion. That's pure logic. That's my logic. That's what I'm thinking happens. Is that something? What do you? Where are your thoughts, John? Because I know now we're going down a rabbit hole of predictions, and you're starting to probably. I'm sure you're <laughs> starting to turn red, and you're starting to scratch your neck like you just like need some rock or something. Like you're just nervous. The pauses kill me every single time. You, know, you know how much the, that's just editing, right? You need there. to get, need to get some cricket I like, sound. I like to keep you busy. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Every single time I ask John a question, I'm just going to hit the crickets. You know? Me. <laughs> Come on, John. These <laughs> listeners want to hear you. At this point, you're just making it worse. Okay, I'll stop talking. Now we can get really quiet. Somebody got that cricket noise now? <laughs> Are you, you going to answer? <laughs> okay, we're moving on. <laughs> Fuck John's predictions. This is I out just, of hand. God. He's really freaking nervous. 
No, because I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, duh. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows what's going to happen, John. You're not the only one here. No, I really have no idea what's going to happen. But like you're this, a logical thinker. I don't understand. You're very process-driven no, in life. The, How do you not have that when we're talking about this? The, Your whole life's a process. The NFL this weekend broke my brain. It's the, the craziness that happens. You can't get too comfortable. There was a, a good portion of the season that I thought we were an incredibly top-heavy team. We, okay. We've talked about that quite a bit. We didn't think that we had the depth. We, then you look around at the league and it's like, holy shit, we actually have a pretty deep team. And the past couple of weeks where I've gotten to watch more other, of other teams play, everybody's just kind of a player or two away every week from just completely messing up. And at this point, the Patriots don't scare me like they – just trying to figure out the end of their schedule. Of Agreed. course, playing them face-to-face terrifies me, but I think that they're going to lose again. They, really? I do. Right now, they have everybody healthy, but there's just something off about them. They're I not, agree with you. But their not, schedule's too easy to lose. They're, but they're, they're, Maybe Miami. Miami always, once every three years, beats the Patriots. Somebody's going to sneak up on them this year. Maybe the Bills. Bills look different. The Chiefs definitely have some weaknesses. Agreed. And this Chargers team... I don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a pretty good team, but at the same time, they have lost some games that they just shouldn't. They have no home field advantage. So at this point, everybody in the AFC has some obvious weaknesses. Is and anybody worried about the Steelers? Crickets? No. no, no. I'm not. No, I'm actually not yeah, either. I'm, I'm not at all. Ravens? The Ravens have a, that type of defense that if right. they start to string a couple together. Yeah. Um, Remember when they beat the Patriots in the wild card round with Ray Rice? Just It was like 222 yards and it was pure right. defense. That's what this team reminds me of. Except they'll split that 220 between right. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson and, and yeah, yeah. with the 20 yards passing. Sure. But that'll be enough. Right. So they're, they've got that type of defense that can scare you. But that's it, right? It's Ravens, Chargers, Chiefs, Patriots. That, at least for me, that's what scares me. Not in any particular order. Right. And at this point, we're sitting – I think we're honestly up there with – we are in the top tier right now. I honestly think that we are in the top tier of the league right now. And it's the NFL, though, so it's all subject to change because three weeks ago, the NFC looked absolutely unbeatable. Either the Saints or the Rams were just going to absolutely roll. Remember they played. The Saints roll the Rams, and then the Cowboys. They have phenomenal linebackers, but they're not that good of a team. Beat the Saints. So the Saints, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that. Were the Saints just off, or do they have legitimate weaknesses? So I'm... I, at this point, I, my brain is legitimately broken by the season. I don't know this. It is that complete NFL circle of suck. One more question of predictions. Um, and I swear I won't make you like have a stroke, John. Um, <laughs> if we were to play in the Super Bowl, would you rather play the Saints 
or the Rams? I'll answer mine first. I'd rather play the Rams than the Saints. I would rather go against Goff than Breeze. Yeah. Is pretty much what it comes down to for me. I'm right there with you. I'm just going to put a little bit of a, a disclaimer on it. I think that I think a Goff versus Watson Super Bowl would turn into something special. Agreed. I think uh, Breeze versus us. He's seen it all. Yeah, we're not. He's seen it all. That that game would turn into a grind fest yeah. with him ripping our heart out. Yeah. Or I think Watson and Goff would both have enough mistakes a piece that there would be enough of a back and forth that that game would be a classic and it would be exciting as all hell. I agree. Brad, Rams or Saints? Uh, you know, that's a good question because they both obviously have their uh, their strengths in the week that we kind of don't match up well against, but I think again, you go with the against the experience, right? I don't, I don't want to have to play someone who's already won a Super Bowl and it's one of the best passers in, in in NFL history if I don't have to. So I would take my chances with a young coach who's also never had that pressure and a a young quarterback as well. Even though that the, I think the Rams defense is definitely uh, could be worrisome, but I think you go with the inexperience in the right positions. Hmm, okay. All right, let's get to these questions because we've been on here for quite some time. Uh, and I have to take my son to an early morning dentist appointment. Uh, let's see here. I had him right here. All right. Phoenix. What is Kareem Jackson's value financially? That's a very good question. Um, Does he get paid like a safety or a corner? Yeah. That's that's basically what it's going to come down to. If he gets paid like a corner, he's probably going to make nine to ten a year. Uh, he's not going to get like a Tremaine Johnson contract because it's only been a season of good, like great play. Um, if he's if he's signed as a safety, then I think we're probably talking about five to seven million per year. So maybe like a, I don't know, a three-year, $35 million deal with $13 million guaranteed type. I think that's probably peak. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I'm not very good at those kinds of things. I think that that's probably how it would be. Uh, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how he is paid. Uh, Trover. How likely is it that we get a first round buy and or the number one seed? Um, Trover, please see previous segment um, because I think we actually handled this extremely well and kind of went through each scenario. I think this is kind of what our expectations are and what we should see. Uh, and then our old friend, the genetizer, actually has two things. One, he says we need an in-depth analysis of the Bob Killshot podcast post-New York Giants loss from the hosts. Live playback of all the hot takes with discussions in between each. It'll be hilarious. Uh, Genetizer, I know I know that you're uh, actually specifically aiming that at myself because I am the only one that had such hot takes and also paid to have that artwork created. Um, and I will do my best since I am working from uh, home tomorrow to give that to you. I will, uh, I'll play it back and then I will talk about it and then I will try to find a way to edit it that way to have it, uh, kind of 
right there doing both. I think that'd be pretty cool. And I, and you're you're right. I I need to do that. Uh, and then your other question was, uh, how do we scheme against speed of receivers? That was our weakness yesterday. And I'm going to hand that one off to John. Um, hope Kayvon Webster can come back healthy. Um, yeah, there's been no sign of that, John. I know. Um, Rack is a much smarter defensive play caller than I am. He's so, also a lot better in the playoffs. Yeah. They'll figure out a way to bracket somebody. And we've got – between the linebackers, the safeties, and our defensive line. And our corners are just their technicians. They're just older. They can – I think that they'll figure out a way not to contain it, but to slow it down enough that that Watson still gives us a chance. Yeah, I agree. I think with Tyree Kill um, – Or we can just rely on Justin Reed to go out there and punch the ball out every time. Or just lay his little ass out. Like he did, uh, who was that on the sideline? Was that Landry that he not? No, that was Higgins. It was on the sideline. Oh. Just to redestroy him. Yeah, Remember, some, we both were was, like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was some no name receiver. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I don't he know. Got, he got welcome to the league. He did get welcome to the league. Um, so that was a very good question. All right, let's go around the league real quick. Um, could, yes, Brad, you, you put these in the notes, and I think you're right. Kudos to the Chiefs for doing the right thing with Kareem Hunt. Um, because he lied, though, you put in parentheses. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, j- just from seeing the 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 video itself, um, would I hold it against the team for letting him go if he was completely honest and did all the right things and jumped to the right hoops, you know, and he served a suspension? You, you know, I, I think maybe he wouldn't have gotten cut. Um, obviously from a team like the Texans where they don't put up with anything like that, he would have gotten cut immediately. Um, the Chiefs, I don't know. I know Andy Reid is a, a character guy as well, but you know, it is a tremendous talent, but I think he was literally, and they made a point to put it in the announcements because he wasn't truthful. Right. And so I think the fact that they put that in there was, they were like, this is like a zero tolerance policy. You had a chance. You lied to us. You lied to the NFL investigators, you know, pack your bag, son, you know? And so I, I, I completely respect that and that they did that because like it completely changes the dynamic of that team. And it completely, you know, that's a huge dent, to their chance, you know, the Vegas odds went down quite a bit for their chance of winning. So let's be clear though. Um, a couple things. Uh, one, uh, if the video would have never came out to the public and the chiefs knew about it, they would not have cut him. They cut him for publicity for their own, basically like their pocketbooks because they knew that if they kept him on the team, they would get backlash and it would hurt their 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 bottom line. And I don't believe that this this happened because it was the right thing to do. This happened because it leaked and they were put in a position where they had to react. Is it good that they did it so quickly? Sure. Um, but I, I will never think that there's a team out there that does something like this outside of the Texans. And, and I don't really know a lot of teams like I know the Texans. But I do know if you have a wide receiver on your team who beat the shit out of his pregnant girlfriend and he's still on your team, chances are you did not cut Kareem Hunt because of his actions. You cut Kareem Hunt because of the backlash he would have received. Well, I mean, if, if he, the fact that he, they cut him and they they openly said that he, they, he lied to them tells me that they did not know that the tape existed. Um, because 
because that'd be too easy to show that uh, he could come back and be like, nah, man, you saw that tape, you know, in, in August or something along those lines to me. So I'm, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess, in this point, you know, um, obviously I'm very much the, you know, fuck that guy, you know, I'll drop an F bomb for that one and everything that he's got coming to him just for being in that, that situation. But I, I would understand if a team didn't, but glad they did. Yeah, I think Andy Reid has shown, though, over the years that he's willing to take chance on players, uh, like what he did with Michael Vick. Um, I mean, you know, Terrell Owens, even though Terrell didn't have the um, off-the-field stuff at that time, um, he definitely does not put a lot into the high-character guys. He's more of the uh, talent and physical freaks. Um, I would say that when it comes to the situation in general – um, number one rule is to never put your hand on a woman. It's something I've told my sons as uh, from the time that they were two when it came to their sister. Um, and it's something that I will continue to tell my kids as this is never an okay situation to put your hands on a woman. Whether she's screaming the worst word that they could possibly scream at you, uh, which allegedly did happen with the end bomb. Uh, whether they put their hands on you like she did, um, you do not put your hands on a woman. And he had a good group of friends around him trying to protect him, uh, tried to pull him off, tried to get him back in the hotel room, tried to do what was necessary for him to be able to uh, walk away from this and do the right thing. And unfortunately, he let his emotions get the best of him and made a terrible decision. Uh, With that being said, Everybody makes mistakes. And I would assume alcohol was involved. Doesn't make an an excuse at all. I don't believe it is an excuse. Uh, But I'm sure we can all go back to a time in our lives where alcohol made us do something that was not a smart decision. Maybe not to this extreme. But judgment definitely gets a little bit uh, a little unclear at times when there are alcohol and drugs involved. I do hope that Kareem Hunt is willing and able to go through what is necessary for him to get back into the league. He's a very young player. I think he's 23. Uh, He's a great player. And hopefully he can correct these mistakes in the way that Michael Vick did, earn his stripes and have another chance. I really hope this isn't another Ray Rice situation. Chances are though, it's a, it's a Ray Rice situation, but I, I hope I'm wrong. John, you got anything on on that? No, I'm, I know the Chiefs at times have tried to be a class. They believe that they have a culture that can kind of take these guys right. like Tyreek Hill and so forth and, and turn them into model citizens. This isn't like the Bengals where the Bengals just don't give a shit. Um, however, the whole situation, Kareem Hunt screwed up by not realizing a, that he should never be in that situation anyways. Right. It It's one of those where you are a famous young man. Somebody starts yelling stuff like that, you just walk away. And you let the police, you let your security, you let them handle it in a way that keeps you out of trouble. Yep. Um, it's a 19-year-old girl. So apparently it all started because it was a 19-year-old girl that got kicked out of a party. Yep. And the difference between a 23-year-old male and man and it doesn't matter 23 year old man 23 year old female and a 19 year old is huge yeah four years doesn't sound big when you're a little bit older 
But that, when you're older, that's when you can reflect on it and say, God, I know where I was when I was 19 compared to where I was when I was 23. Right. So that's not to give her an excuse for acting the way she did. There was no excuse for the way she, she, she should did. be held responsible. Too, right. I think she should. He had more to but, lose. That's what it all comes down to. He should have never been in that situation. Exactly. Walk away and, and it's one of those. Yeah. And you're, and you're a guy. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He can literally snap her finger, his fingers and she won't exist. He is a professional athlete. She is no threat to him, no he matter how hurtful his work, her words may be. Just snap his finger. And snap make his finger. I mean, and yeah, I mean, he, he would break her in half. If he was really trying to hurt her. Sure. But he need he didn't control himself. He was throwing people around, and I mean he was launching people. Yeah. And I know the people have downplayed the kick. Oh, that kick was nothing, and it, it doesn't matter, right? Cons- considering where she was when she got kicked, right, and how she was sitting or laying, or technically sitting, laying whatever on the floor, um, definitely doesn't make it okay, no matter what. So no, I, I agree, and I. Could total, I could concede the Chiefs have kept him on the roster if he was honest about it. Said, hey, I got really drunk. This is what happened. Um, it's not, I don't think he hurt her severely. I don't think anybody got any more, anything more than a scrape. And I think if he came out, owned up to it, it's not on the same level as what Nixon did. And Nixon's on a roster. And, and Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill. The only reason Tyreek Hill is even allowed to play football is because there is no video. Right. Because if there was. Oh, from the description. If there was a video from Tyreek Hill, he would not be in the league and he'd never play again. And if it ever comes out, if there is ever a video, no matter when it comes out, five years from now, he still won't be in the league. Because you you can downplay it. It's like, yeah, I shoved a girl and and pushed her down. When you say that versus when you see it, it, there's a completely different. And it's not necessarily even a cover-up. I think it was a, A, she, he's like, we got into an argument. I shoved her away. She fell down, scraped her knee. Okay. If somebody told you that, you'll be like, whatever. I don't care about the video. That doesn't sound that bad. If he had told her the truth, hey, I was pretty drunk. And I didn't just shove her. I shoved a whole bunch of people. And it was in the hallway. They would probably be a little bit more interested to see what that's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, enough with the negative stuff because we just don't like to do that shit on this podcast. But um, and no, under no circumstances do I want him signed on the Texans. He is a phenomenal player, and he would make he could make a big difference on a team. But I, I don't want that. Uh, I'm a little different. I think, um, like I said, I think everybody deserves a second chance. I think people, tons of people, make mistakes in their life, right? But Some worse you, than others. When you have to own up to it because you got caught the way you did yeah no no you do deserve second chances when you can own up to something when at this point especially when you're that video but when you're that young you don't know how to own up you don't know how to deal with the adversity you don't know how to take ownership of your actions until you're put in a situation where you know you have to it's a thing you learn it's not a thing that just you just do. It's as you get older, you get more mature and understand your responsibilities and understand your actions and what you cause and who you've done things to. Yeah, and he's not going to mature like that in six months. He may not. I'm not I, he may not. Um, but the locker room that we have, I think, can can help him 
Uh, I'm not saying we should sign him, but I'm saying if the Texans were a team that decided to give him a chance, I would not be opposed to it. Um, I think everybody deserves a second shot. Uh, I'm in the same boat. As long as it, you know, we're not talking about murder or rape or something along those lines, but you know, the, the misdemeanor type, you know, things or even something as nefarious as, 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 yeah, as, as Michael Vick, you know, there is a limit to what I think the NFL would allow and what uh, fans would stomach. But if someone we're a forgiving society, we just are the people are truly and honestly, sorry and come and ask for forgiveness. Generally the American people are welcome back with open arms, you know, but you have to be, you have to be honest about that from the, even in it, even if you just cover it up but from the point forward, you're like, I'm an open book. You know, Michael Vick did it perfectly. I think his comeback perfectly. He changed who he was and he truly, and he, he he was a model citizen after that on and off the field and 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 kept doing things when he didn't have to which you knew it was it was just a, a paradigm shift in his life um so yeah i agree i agree i think i i just think that when you're young it doesn't excuse it and it doesn't make it okay and it's a it, it's it's a fucked up situation um cuz if that was my daughter um you know i i i I, I hate to say it, but I probably feel a little bit different. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that like, murder, rape, or you know, whatever. I, I think all of them are somewhat the same. I, I know there are some things that are worse, but um, but I get what you're saying. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I, I want to make sure that that doesn't come off as me downplaying what you're saying. Um, I just think that when you're young, you make mistakes, and I've I mean, and that's coming from a person who's made a ton of mistakes in his life. Um, like that kill shot thing i've never put my hands on a woman yeah i don't regret that um (laughs) (laughs) uh but you know just you know things that you do when you're younger and and the mistakes you make and uh you know it's just it's it's a part of life and some people it takes it takes falling flat on your face for you to learn and um it's unfortunate but some of those people that have fallen flat on their face end up being some of the best people in this world. And, uh, and it's because of that situation. So, all right. Uh, that's it. That's it. This is an hour and 40 minutes. Good Lord. This is a long podcast. I love it. Um, we go to Indianapolis next week or no, we go home to NRG stadium. We whoop the Colts. We whoop the jets. We lose to the Eagles. We whoop the Jags and we finish the season 12 and four going to Los Angeles to play the chargers. Or Chargers coming to NRG to play us, and we'll see from there. Uh, with that being said, make sure you guys go to our website, TexansUnfiltered.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at HoustonFBPod. Follow us on Instagram at HoustonFBPod. Join our Discord. It is growing, and it is turning into a very, very fun uh, group chat. Fellow Texans fans just uh, gives us the ability to talk and communicate with you guys and give you – uh, the opportunity to just be a part to interact and and have fun while on game day and things like that. Uh, also, uh, go to our patron www.patreon.com backslash um, Texans Unfiltered. And with that being said, fellas, am I leaving anything out? Is that all the yeah, clothes? Who is BJ Novak? Oh, BJ Novak! Yes, uh, BJ Novak is a actor from House of Lies, um, one of my favorite shows of all time. So, um, he is also, no, Dude, he was, he's he was on the office. He's Ryan from the office. He was on the but office. But he's also the on the office. He, he's That's a major sorry, comedy writer. So, yeah. 
Right. Well, so, some guy said that uh, John looks like BJ Novak. In what world? Do oh I my God, like? you look like Ryan. That's a Kelly impression. Kelly who? Kapoor, hello, from The Office? What? Oh, I'm not a big Office fan. Dear God. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry, I'm not. Listeners. I'm sorry. I'm just not a big Office. I mean, I watched it. It was funny. I've actually never seen an episode. Oh, John's never seen an episode. You! I love it. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, Nacho Debro was saying that uh, John looks like PJ Novak. Uh, I have to just disagree with you. I have to disagree with you. I think John looks more like uh, Trent Dilfer than BJ Novak. You're just going down that whole all all guys. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna and say Ving Rhames. Namaste, <laughs> Ving. Wow. The only thing I ever think of when I think of Ving Rhames is that scene in Baby Boy where he's naked in the kitchen cooking pancakes. It's better than the Pulp Fiction one. I don't want to know why. Oh, that, that's not a good one. Yeah. All right. All right. We're out. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Go to our website. I wrote two articles today. John's got some stuff coming out this week as well. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. Uh, if you guys want to do a Secret Santa thing, we're down. Um, I want to make sure that we have a high uh, participation rate. So if you guys want to do a Secret Santa, we'll basically all get together. We'll pick names, get together someday in Houston uh, before Christmas do a Secret Santa gift exchange and watch a game. Uh, sounds like it would probably be the Eagles game because uh, John will be out of town. But uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram or just join the discard and say, yeah, hey, I want to be a part of it, and then we'll do it. So with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold, and I'm signing off for Texans Unfiltered finally at the 1 minute and 44 uh, mark. So I'm out. I shouldn't say that out loud because you got to cut out all my silence. Yeah, so it's actually going to end up probably being about 112. About 115. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>